0: Welcome to Between the Before and After, a podcast about the stories that shape us. I'm your host, Coach John McLernan, and each episode I bring you an inspiring guest with a moving story that shines a light on the power of the human spirit. Before we dive in, I want to let you know about two very important things. Number one, the stories shared here are often gritty, raw, and vulnerable, and very likely will include speaking about sensitive topics suited for a mature audience. Number two, This podcast is also broadcast live on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, so on whatever platform you follow myself or Freedom Nutrition Coaching, you have the opportunity to participate in this discussion during the live stream, and we encourage your participation both by commenting and asking questions. And so this podcast is about exploring the stories that take place between the before and after photos, not just in the realm of weight loss, but in all areas of life, so let's dive in. All right, welcome back to another episode of Between the Before and After. I'm very excited for my guest today, who's coming live on the other side of the globe. I think literally the other side of the globe. Like we could probably put a a, a pole through the Earth, and you know I could touch one side <laughs> and you could touch the other. That's how that's how far apart we are. But the internet is amazing, and it's brought us together. And so I'd like to hand it over to you, uh, Isabel, and allow you to tell tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and uh, what you're up to these days.
1: Great. Thank you for having me here, (laughs) (laughs) John. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me here. I'm so excited to be here and to serve each and every one of you with hope that whatever you're going through, you will get through to the other side. Just keep stepping forward. Just keep dancing forward. Do not ever give up hope wherever you are in your life. I'm Dr. Isabel, medical doctor, and founder of our ourdoctoronamission.com, with my lovely, handsome husband of 41 years, and we're training for another 40 years plus. That's <laughs> um, amazing. Thank you. He's our he's at Doctor on a Mission. He's our culinary nutrition expert, teaching people how to eat well, and he's also a coach. And in 2000, I got turned on to functional medicine. So I'm now a certified functional medicine doctor who gets to the root cause of people's Mm. unwellness instead of just giving you drugs all the time. And hey, there's a place for drugs, but there's also a place for doing the deep dive and going, okay, we got to fix this. We got to patch this up. So that's me in a nutshell.
0: And in a coconut-sized nutshell, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so so you're both a medical doctor and a functional medicine doctor. And yes. So just for those who might be – because sometimes these terms get thrown around, um, and us in the wellness space, we're fairly accustomed to it. But to an average listener, how do we – what is the difference, in a sense, between a functional doctor and a, a traditional sort of allopathic medical doctor?
1: Great question. So um, in mainstream medicine, which is also known as conventional medicine mm. – it's where we're just taught to see put people in boxes like you've got this disease you need this and 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 it's more medication surgery or you know that's just pretty or counseling pretty much and in 2000 i got turned on to functional medicine because i i knew after being a medical doctor since 1991 that i wasn't getting To help people, I wasn't helping Mm -hmm. people reverse disease. And so in functional medicine, we teach people how to prevent and reverse disease because a lot of the stuff that we're seeing right now is preventable and a lot is reversible. And so we get to the root cause. And the best way I can explain it is is that there's a lot of reasons for people's unwellness. And you just have mm. to understand what is not making you well. Let's repair that and get you moving forward and up into your best life. A, a saying in medicine, and functional medicine is, you know, if you're stepping on a tack, don't just give it medicine. Put Lift up your foot and take your foot off the tack. And that's what we do in functional medicine.
0: Right. I, I love that analogy. I think pictures really help us to to understand. Now, there's a couple of things for those who are listening you, um, who, who don't get to see the live video. Um, a couple of details. So, Isabel, you mentioned you've been married for 41 years. You were practicing medicine back in the early 1990s. But I'm looking at you thinking, you could fool me <laughs> because, because you could tell me that you're in your 40s and I would believe you.
1: Oh, so- that's so kind of you. Well, physiologically, well, but- I am in my 40s. I'm you know, right now I'm 62, but, um, you know, training for a hundred years.
0: Yeah. And this is, this is something that I think is really, really fascinating because I think a lot of what we view as aging is not really truly aging. It's more, I think of it more like biological decay. And so, and maybe a lot of what we call a disease is really, um, again, it's this lack of lack of care and nourishment of like our body, and so as a result, we get this decay that takes place that shows up as degeneration. And I think what's, what's kind of fascinating for me is, is this idea that, you know, you mentioned it's possible to, to slow down, stop, and even reverse some of these chronic conditions that we see, probably because within ourselves, there is an innate healing response that we can, that we can actually tap into, and maybe we don't give enough credit to.
1: The body is a miracle. I yeah. love the body. I just love studying. I studied uh, molecular cellular developmental biology in pre-med. Okay. And I'm telling you. That's detailed. You, that's so detailed, but it's so <laughs> amazing to, I mean, to be inside the cell and realize, holy moly, these mitochondria, these powerhouses are doing amazing things and we can regenerate them.
0: Yeah. And they're like, there's an entire world, like an entire universe inside a single cell when we think about it that way. And yet- you, you know, you're, you're made up and I'm made up of like quite literally, I think trillions of these trillions,
1: trillions. Yeah.
0: Which is it, like, it's it's kind of beyond comprehension to think about these numbers. And so something about your medical practice made you go, I need to look deeper because we're not finding the answers that we need. And, you know, it's like, I often think if I, if, if I cut off a finger or something like that, like I want to get to a triage and trauma unit because they're really well, uh, well suited to deal with yes. that but they're really not set up to deal with chronic health conditions it's just it's like a chronic health management and and we're not getting to the root cause of 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 what's really going on in people's health and i think this is what has inspired you to go down this path
1: yes well like like i had mentioned exactly right you're spot on jonathan um, i i graduated from medical training medical school in 1991 and it was i had been practicing for about nine years mm. when i realized holy moly we don't have a healthcare system we've got disease management and mm. i am really not into just seeing patients every three months and renewing their medications and they're not getting any better and i'm a real go-getter like i like to see results And I was seeing the results with my patients, and they weren't either. And I could just see that they weren't happy with their lives either. So I just went on a journey to figure out what is another way of doing medicine. And that's where functional medicine stepped into my life.
0: Yeah. Now, what's interesting is also that you live in New Zealand, but you don't sound like a Kiwi.
1: No. My (laughs) husband and I and our two daughters moved here in 2000. Um, I was just really unhappy with the healthcare system in America. Um, mm. And unfortunately it's the same here now, you know, we don't have, healthcare, we don't have healthcare system here either. We've got disease management. It's caught up here. It's New Zealand is the Western world. Let's face it. Um, right. It's a lovely place. However, mm. the, the healthcare system is crashing and they know it.
0: Right, right. So aside from volcanoes and earthquakes, which primarily hit, hit the South Island, it's, it's an incredible place to live. I mean, I have Kiwi heritage. And so I, I, I often think New Zealand is where I would love to love to retire, because it just feels like escaping to the other side of the world. But you know, you felt really disillusioned with what you were seeing in the medical industry, which is basically what we have over here in North America. And that led you to going to the other side of the world to try to find, uh, to find something different.
1: Yeah, I was on a search, like, there's got to be a better way, a better way. And, and, It's funny that we had to move all the way to New Zealand, which is at the bottom of the globe. I mean, it is pretty Mm -mm. close to the South Pole.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's true. Like when you go to the south south end of the South Island of New Zealand, like you're you're getting into like some real winter terrain there. You're you're not that far from Antarctica. Like maybe the southern tip of South America might be a bit closer, but you're getting pretty close to Antarctica at that point.
1: So Yeah, yeah. 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 And it was funny that I had to move. I had to move all the way to New Zealand to find functional medicine, which was started in America. Mm. So. so,
0: in in your time, like as as a medical doctor, um, were there were there health issues that you yourself were struggling with as well? Because I think very often, why I ask this question, because very often we find ourselves going down a path, and we discover because we're looking for answers that we can't get for, for within ourselves. And like I I pursued nutrition and behavioral psychology because I couldn't seem to understand why I knew what to do, but couldn't seem to do it. You know, how did I bridge that gap? So for you, was there something that was taking place with you that you had said, I am not finding the answers in conventional medicine. I need to start looking elsewhere.
1: Absolutely. I, um, and I'm okay talking about this. So Mm. I'm just going to go take a deep dive and, (laughs) and look, (laughs) you guys, I'm just going to share my story. If that's okay with you, Jonathan, please do. We do that on this podcast yeah and it's I'm sharing this to let you know that um, again, I'm a doctor of hope because mm-hmm. uh, if I could give everybody a tablet that they would take every day, it would be hope right. because life will get better wherever you are. Just mm-hmm. just know you got to keep on moving on. And I had struggled with anxiety quietly mm-hmm. as a medical doctor for a long time. And that's based on my upbringing. You know, my nutrition was terrible. My sleep was terrible. My gut health was terrible. Um, My spirituality was lacking. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I didn't know that all that stuff was lacking until I, until I hit the wall in 2013. Um, My husband and I decided that I was going to stop doing just private practice. I was going to go, and hit the internet, hit the Mm -hmm. iCloud, do social media. I was turned on by what Dr. Mark Hyman, my mentor. Um, Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with Dr. Mark Hyman? Yeah,
0: he's he's a bit of a controversial figure, but anytime someone goes against mainstream medical advice, they become a controversial figure.
1: Exactly, exactly. But the key is with uh, Mark is that he... He's the leader of functional medicine. He's the one Mm. that has opened the world to functional medicine. And he opened my eyes to functional medicine and to teach people that they can be the doctor of their own body. Like they can be in control of themselves, you know. And so anyway, my husband and I uh, started Doctor on a Mission. And the whole key, the whole mission was to prevent and reverse disease disease and give people hope. And um, so that was in 2013. I was 54 at the time. And so now I'm a medical doctor, a wife, a mother, and a brand new entrepreneur. Right. That's a lot to take on. We don't really know how to do entrepreneurship in medical Mm. training. This is not something we learn. Okay.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But that's the kind of person I am. That's my personality. Let's just
0: dive in head first and see how this goes.
1: I'll learn how to swim in the water. Right, right. Well, there's
0: something I wanted to, sorry, I just want to hit pause for sec because there's something I wanted to go back to just a little bit here. You mentioned that you've suffered quietly with anxiety for a number of years. And mm-hmm. I'm curious, like, when did you first recognize that something might not be quite right? Like, what, what sort of tipped you off? And I asked that question, because I, I've dealt with anxiety as well, lived with it as well. And for many years, I didn't really know what it was. I didn't know what to look for. And uh, and, and I tried to sort of like bury it or hide it or deny it or pretend it didn't exist or wish it out of existence and so on. Because uh, I was I, I thought that, you know, if anybody found out that this is something that I live with, that they would see me differently, you know, exactly. as, as, yeah. a, as it was a choice. So what, what kind of tipped you off that something might be a little bit different about how your brain was functioning?
1: Um, I just was a very anxious and worried and scared human being. And mm. so I would self-medicate with food.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, red wine.
0: Yes. Common. Wine. And,
1: and staying super busy. Yeah. That's... And then having problems sleeping.
0: Yeah. Boy. I mean, I think that's a really, really common one for anxiety. It's like, if I can keep my mind busy enough, it, it, I won't give it a chance to come up for air. Is <laughs> how I, you know, I was trying to run a business 12, 14 hours a day, train two hours a day, sleep five hours a night and run on caffeine and ephedrine and various other stimulants until my nervous system said, you can't do this anymore. no. You know, no, and so and then what
1: happened? So what happened to you?
0: Well, I went to a doctor who who had the wisdom to say there isn't a pill to fix this. You have to change how you're living.
1: Oh wow, what a good doctor!
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, that that was that was the start. That was the start of me trying to find find my own my own way back. And we'll, we're we actually going to explore that on on your podcast after this. My one <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All so right. our, yeah, to bring it back to you though, so you started you started experiencing anxiety and you you were medicating with wine and medicating with food. Were you aware, like, was there a clinical diagnosis or was this kind of just, you know, that like, Hey, uh, my, I'm really tense. Like, you know, I have, we used to say like bad nerves. I'm not sure if if there was an expression like that being used or or what it was for you.
1: Yeah. Well, what happened was um, in 2014, I hit the wall and I was 54 and I, um, I just became so overwhelmed with fear. I was Mm. so overwhelmed with fear, and I was listening to the inner critic inside of me who was saying, Isabel, this is not going to work. What are you thinking? You're not going to do anything with Doctor on a Mission. This is not going to work. It's going to be a flop. And then when I get anxious and I'm listening to my inner critic, I don't sleep. And so what Mm. happens is I would sleep for no more than two hours every night for 16 nights in a row. And by the end of that, I was just psychotic. um, (laughs) And I tried to take my life twice in (laughs) three days. And by the grace of God, that plan was stopped. By the grace of God, that plan was stopped. And my husband... um, I was found and my husband took me to the, my pastors Uh and our pastor said, you need to see the doctor. The doctor said, Isabel, you need to see the psychiatrist Uh because you've, you've just tried to take your life. And so the psychiatrist put me on antidepressants, Uh gave me sleeping tablets, and he was a lovely man. I love him. I mean, he saved me. He he got me to sleep again. And he said to me, Isabel, you're gonna be on this medication for the rest of your life. And Jonathan, mm. look, at that point I had totally surrendered. I was gonna do whatever I needed to do to sleep. Yeah. But deep down inside my soul was like, hmm. We'll see about that. <laughs> we'll see about that. Yeah, yeah. And so I went on a journey with my beautiful husband who did mm-hmm. not leave me. And a lot of marriages are ruined because of this. And we went on a five-year journey. And I learned how what mainstream doesn't teach us on how to become free from anxiety and depression. So mm. that was the struggle. So you see, yeah. I had a dream. Yeah. I had the struggle. And now I'm over on the other side of the victory. And the victory is I'm off medication safely. Mm-hmm. I've been off medication for quite some time now. I know how to turn up the volume of my inner cheerleader and turn down the volume of my inner critic. I know how to sleep. And my husband and I are just helping people do the same because mm. there, is, there is a way out.
0: So in this stretch where you were you said was it was 16 days you said you were maybe sleeping mostly like 17, 17 days um what's what's kind of going through your head and is there an awareness that like this is not good and this is not heading in a good direction
1: okay great question um when it wasn't going in a great direction but I still had to show up and be a doctor mm. the next day I still had patients to take care of because I was still doing some locum work. So I had to show up for work and 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 be the best I could and all I wanted to do was to have it stop but I was afraid to tell anybody about it. I couldn't tell my husband because he I didn't want to I didn't want to scare him. I thought I was in control. Yeah. I I yeah. knew that I could I can handle this. This is going to end. Well, yeah, it almost did end.
0: Right, and is there a sense of um, because you're a doctor? Was there a sense of shame connected to this as well? Like, he, I'm so, here, I am helping everybody else, and I'm feeling helpless because this is something is getting a hold of me that I feel like I can't control. And I, I, you know, you, you obviously you fought to try to control it, but it was it was getting ahead of you. And so was there the sense of like,
1: you know, oh, I'm a doctor. Jonathan. Yeah. Yes. The shame, the shame, like Isabel, you are a mess. What is the matter with you? You're crazy. You're a doctor. This should never happen. Cause you see, we're supposed to be a blank canvas and mm-hmm. I was not a blank canvas. I was an unwell person. And Jonathan, there are so many professionals suffering yeah. with this quietly. And I, I yeah. guess that's my st- that I know that that's part of my story is to to let people know you're not alone. You, yeah, this is and, this is a place where you need to figure things out.
0: Well, you know, uh, here, here's what I think is fascinating. Um, back in 2018, I wrote a post about my <laughs> journey with anxiety. I was kind of terrified to write this because I, I didn't know how it was going to be received. But in my head, I pictured everybody. <laughs> was going to, you know, it's a cognitive distortion, as I would call it now. But I pictured everybody was going to hear this story, think I'm nuts and just leave my life. Basically be like, I'm get away from this guy. He's a crazy idiot, Re- not realizing this was all like projection from like what I was feeling about myself in my own head. But I sat down and I wrote my story anyways, because I'm like, I don't want to keep this inside anymore. I just want people to understand that I'm a human being and the things that I, that I wrestle with. And the response was like overwhelmingly positive. It was really, really incredible and very, very supportive. Almost almost too much. It's like saying I'm thirsty and getting like 300 glasses of water handed to you in, in one day, you know. Um, but it was really interesting. The response was so different than what I was expecting.
1: I hear you. I hear yeah. you. People have been very, very supportive because we're making it okay yeah. to talk about this and, and realize I don't have to hide anymore. There's people like me and there's a way out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, wh- wh- why we got this idea that we need to present as these flawless human beings, as, as basically these demigods for people to look up to. And that's the only way that they'll work with us. I think I had this idea in my head. So I'm going into the nutritional weight loss space. And I'm someone who's wrestled with my weight, like, for, for a majority of my adult life after going through trauma. And I'm thinking, like, who's going to take me seriously when I have this own, my, my own battle with this? But the truth is, it's like I have a very intimate understanding of what this battle looks like that you can't get from reading a textbook. And it, it allows for a level of connection with people that I work with that would, I mean, you just can't find anywhere else. And I, I imagine that you're finding something similar. But what, I guess what I'm kind of curious about here is, uh, so you were, you were not only a doctor, but a functional medicine doctor. as This is going sideways. W- were there anything, was there anything that you were trying um, on the functional medicine side? And was there something on the conventional medical side that you were kind of resistant to because you were uh, a functional med- medicine doctor?
1: Oh yeah yeah. Well, um so the psychiatrist put me on uh Prozac or I mm. think it was well, called here fluoxetine. Mm. And then uh, a sleeping tablet. And I was like, "Ah. Oh, okay. I, I failed." But, but exactly. I felt like I felt, but see, here's the beauty and this is what I love about mainstream medicine, conventional medicine. Mm. There's a place for drugs. I'm yes. telling you, there's a place for drugs. And if you've got to use the drugs, use the drugs. When people come to us and they're on antidepressants, they're like, I want to come off. I want to come off. I go, let's get the ground prepared. Right. Let's get right. your foundation fixed. And then we can safely remove remove the medication. Don't just take it off. Because, right. you know, people want it like and i'm like it's not like you know, that
0: there's no there's no uh, there's no one day delivery with amazon prime when it comes to no.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it. yeah and so um, and i think like a medication gives space it it, it it gives space and it buys
1: time good point i love the way you just said that it gives you space to just go to decompress and go okay mm-hmm. i'm safe now but now i got to do the work
0: yes But you can now do the work because you're not just focused on battling nonstop.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So –
0: so you, you got to the point where, um, and, and you said psychotic, and I'd like to clarify that just a little bit because of, again, how in sort of popular media the term gets thrown around as, you know, someone is like screaming and crazy and raving and pulling their hair out and frothing them off or something. But I think there's a more this is a more clinical definition here. You were just in a, in a space that was clearly irrational um, because your, your brain hadn't had, you know, basically your brain hadn't plugged into the charger for, for over two weeks.
1: Right. And I was suicidal. I didn't want to hurt anybody. But I was suicidal, too. Because I remember the psychiatrist asking me, why did you do this? And I go, I just wanted to sleep. And he goes, but don't you realize that you were going to sleep forever? And I go, no, I just, I, I just wanted to sleep. It was like my only way to be done. And then, of course, I also good. felt like I was going to be it was going to be better for my family. You know, and then, you have right. these crazy thing, thoughts that uh, my life isn't worth it. I'm not helping the world anymore. Right. I'm hope I'm useless. My kids, my husband, I'm no good to them. I just want to be done. So yeah. that's where you get to.
0: It just seemed like it just seemed like the, the only way out, because at that point in time, you didn't you talk about hope but at this point that you didn't really see hope on the other side of this. You just thought all I will be is a lifelong burden and this is going to be a lifelong struggle of, of suffering and misery. Well, if that's all it's waiting for me, what's the point in continuing?
1: Yeah. And that's not my style. That's not right. my dance. I am not a strain a drain on people i want to be serving like for the rest of my life
0: (laughs) absolutely and i mean obviously we can see there's such a different energy about you now but the road back is a challenging one yes it is this this isn't this is not an easy one and so um it and and if you don't mind if we just ask a little bit about the time that you you know you 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 attempted suicide we don't want to glorify this in in any way shape or form um but you know you said you tried twice And how much time was there between, between, um, attempts, if I may ask?
1: 48 hours.
0: Okay. And in that span, in that 48 hours, what, what was kind of going through your head? Were you thinking like, I'm disappointed this didn't work? Like, did someone rescue you the first time or, or did it just didn't work?
1: God rescued me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, um, the first time was, uh, with a drug overdose. Yeah. But it wasn't enough. Okay. Yeah. So I woke up. And then uh, my husband took me to the to my pastor's, and uh-huh. they prayed and we prayed and I felt like okay, 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 okay. okay, right. okay I got I got this now. I, I got right, this right. now. And then the medication was still in my system, so I slept pretty good the next night. That night, mm-hmm. but then <laughs> the next night, I wasn't sleeping. I was bing wide awake again, and so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you said, it, well, yeah. We'll, well, we'll
1: try again. We'll and, try I think, again, and this time it's going to be the right way. And, again, I was saved, and and I'm just grateful that I'm alive. I've, I'm so grateful yeah, that I was yeah. saved from that pit. And I don't usually get this granular with people because they don't need to know.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah. So, but I think it's inspiring here. Um, And I think there's something else interesting because, you know, you're a spiritual person and and you mentioned pastor. So I believe that if I'm not mistaken, you're a Christian and, and obviously there's some beliefs connected to that. And, and uh, so I wonder then also if there was maybe hope that this, this prayer was going to fix this.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, they they prayed over me and, and Mm -hmm. I felt like chains were being broken off. I really did feel Mm -hmm. that like this spirit of just heaviness um, but it wasn't enough. I was still yeah. wide awake. So that's the point. So yeah. the third yeah. night, even prayer did, didn't work. Mm-hmm. And that's what I learned on the journey is I didn't, I, I needed to figure out my sleep. I needed to figure out my hormones. I needed to figure out mm. how to take good care of my brain health, you yeah. know, because yeah. there is this wall in medicine, which my whole goal is to tear down this wall in, in medicine called mental illness. It's not a mm-hmm. mental illness problem that we're dealing with. It's a brain health issue. Mm-hmm. And our brain health, if we've got healthy brain, that's going to lead to a happy mind. And people yes. don't, in, in, the health, in the health arena, we don't look at the brain as an organ. But it's the organ that controls your whole body. Yes, when we break a controller. bone... It's the master controller. Let's, let me give you an example. When we break a bone, bone is an organ. We break mm. a bone, you get it casted, people write on the cast. There's no shame in wearing a cast, is there? People nice. are like, yo, let me tattoo something on that cast. Right, yeah. And another idea is um, someone's having chest pain. Well, your Mm. heart is an organ. You're having chest pain. You call the ambulance. You go Mm. to the hospital. Yes, you're having a heart attack. You get repaired. Two weeks later, you get discharged. You're with your friends. You're having a meal. And they go, hey, what happened? What's been going on? I had a heart attack. Your friends aren't going to shun you. There's not going to be shame. They're not going to say you're crazy. Yet, the heart is an organ. And it needs to be taken good care of. Mm. The same with the brain. When we have a healthy brain, Will lead to a happy mind, and a happy mind is able to deal with the storms of life.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And I think what I wanted to shine a light on here, uh, I'm, I'm a Christian as well. I don't, really, I don't sort of publicly kind of wear it on my sleeve and make a big deal out of it. But it is, it is what I uh, what I live by. But it, it's this recognition that even if you are a spiritual person, uh, you know, a believer of some kind of faith, that we are still a physical being in a physical body with physical health and so there's still some physical steps that need to be taken. Yes, you know, I talk about having we have a spiritual battery, we have a physical battery, we have a mental battery, we have an emotional battery and we need to we need to nurture and maintain all of those. And and so uh, it, maybe it's kind of naive to think that uh, that purely through spirituality we can heal the physical body when you know God's given, you know, given our our body the ability to to heal, but sometimes we need those physical those physical interventions as well and there's no shame in that.
1: No shame, Jonathan. Well said. You know, because yeah. God wants us to be healthy, but mm-hmm. we've also we've got to take good care of this body.
0: Absolutely. So now now we're thinking about the, the the way back here. So you're on a medication for a period of time, you're, you're getting some sleep, you're getting that headspace. We talk about doing the work and we hear this phrase a lot on doing the work. And I think yeah. for each person it's gonna look a little bit a little bit different. But yes. in, in your case, what was the work that you
1: were doing? Okay. Oh Jonathan, can we have like 10 hours? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll just have to wind it back and do a part two or something.
1: Well, first of all, the spirituality part. I'm just going to go into that space real quick, okay? Absolutely. Because yeah. I, I, I want people to know that you are not anxious and depressed because you do not believe in God or you do not have a mm. strong enough relationship with God, okay? Right, right. Just saying – um this journey will bring you closer. I am now super super glued to God and Jesus. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah.
1: But I just did a podcast with my husband 2 days ago called um when when faith meets anxiety and depression. Mm. Because there was this underlying thing of oh, oh you just
0: mm. yeah
1: like oh you're just not close enough to God, you know. I just want to let you know that's not true. So right. get rid of that myth. So the area so that was the number one is realize, okay, God, you're doing this for a reason because I'm that's the way I look at life. God, you're doing this for a reason and you're gonna make what was for my harm into the good for all. So here's the good for all. What I learned on our journey is that there's a lot of areas and the areas that I had to learn were nutrition was mm-hmm. huge. Food is medicine, or it can be our yeah. poison.
0: Yeah.
1: Sleep is key. I had to learn how to sleep well. The world doesn't know how to sleep well. I Not didn't anymore. know how to sleep well. No, especially I in the was, digital age. Yeah. I mean, I was the bomb in medicine if I only slept three or four hours and continued working for 36 hours straight. You know, right. that's that's just the way we're trained.
0: And I'm thinking, like, how, how safe <laughs> is that to be like, I'm going to care for your health when I am uh, akin to being impaired, you know, Yeah. And and then try and try and make rational, logical decisions. Where I need my higher level conscious functioning to operate in this arena. It's that that's mind boggling to think about. And I think about these surgeons that sometimes work these 18 hour shifts or 20 hour shifts or and and they wear it like a badge of honor. I have some friends who are surgeons and I'm like, this is not a badge of honor. I'm like, I don't want the surgeon that's on hour 17 of their shift working on me.
1: Jonathan, that's the culture. That's the culture. Yeah. So that will be changing. But you know, changing medicine is like turning the Titanic.
0: It's gonna not say, gonna yeah. be
1: done in a day.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like trying to turn around an aircraft carrier, man. It's it's you know, it just yeah. it takes some time because the, the other side of it is I know in the US, like if you're a surgeon, you're making eighteen hundred bucks an hour, like every hour you work, and then you get in a double time, like like the the money like there's, a, there's an actual financial cost to you not working. You have to think about the average person. If you're making 10, 15, 20 bucks an hour, you're like, okay, cool. An extra hour, no big deal. It's 20 bucks. If you're a surgeon, you're like, man, that's 3,600 bucks I'm walking away from if I go home now.
1: Wow. I didn't know that. That's a lot of money.
0: Uh-huh. It is. It's shocking. Yeah. When you're like, oh my gosh, this is what they're getting paid. Yeah.
1: Um, to not mm-hmm. sleep?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, they're, they're <laughs> the, 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 but you're shortening
1: your lifespan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sleep was number another one. Another yep. thing was uh, hormones. Jonathan, yeah. this
0: catch-all term he use hormones. You know, there's so no, many but, to, Yeah.
1: Nobody ever checked my hormones. I was menop- perimenopausal. Mm, Do you yeah. know how many women try to take their lives between During the day. ages of forty-five and sixty?
0: I don't. A, lot. A lot. Shocking.
1: If you do the PubMed search, there's a lot. So yeah. we need to look at hormones. So we looked at my hormones. And yeah. when we look at hormones, we're not just looking at estrogen and progesterone. Vitamin D is a hormone. Yeah. Who yeah. would have known? Vitamin D controls 900 genes in your body.
0: It's crazy to think about.
1: So hormones was key adverse childhood experiences jonathan i never knew that the stuff that happened in my life in my past when i was a kid was still affecting me i thought i was made of steel you know what i mean
0: Mm, yeah you know but the thing is that trauma especially it goes into the part of a brain that doesn't register time
1: the limbic system yeah yeah the emotional memory
0: yeah where you where there can be a cue it can be a smell, a sound, a trigger, a sight, and boom you're right back I mean I, I've lived with PTSD <laughs> you're right back in that moment as though it happened it's happening right now and the physiological reactions in the body and so and and there isn't really a way I, I think the way that I tried to deal with it was to try to bury it under food until yes, of would come out the bottom side but it unfortunately yeah. doesn't come out the bottom side like it has to come out the top side
1: right right yeah. so you got help yeah and how did you? I know. I'll ask you about
0: this on my podcast. But so yeah, so you you know, you're. I'm not
1: supposed to be asking you the questions. (laughs) I know it's
0: just the way I roll. Of course, it's it's a natural thing to (laughs) be. So people are going to have to to hop over and 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 check out your podcast as well when they get to hear a little more of my story. So you're trying to now uncover some of this stuff and 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 get healthy, and so. does it feel like a big weight is being lifted off your shoulders as you're finally talking about this stuff and you're now people are no longer, or they they aren't judging you anyways, but now you're actually moving away from the place of self judgment.
1: Yeah. 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 I I know that I'm doing the right thing in my heart. Like you, I Mm. know I'm doing the right thing to to help people. You know, I'm just showing them the way out. Yeah. And look, I'm not saying that I don't get stressed out. Don't think Don't think that I don't get little panic attacks. I still have to do my breathing. Mm -hmm. I know that I have to eat correctly. I know when I'm going to get anxious, if I'm not sleeping well, if I'm not taking care of my gut health, if I'm not exercising, if I'm not spending my time with God, if I'm not thinking productive thoughts. You know, like I know all those little tools. So it's just you you learn how to carry your tools with you. And you're like, okay, I'm tooled up. I know what to do.
0: Tim, the tool man, Um, (laughs) (laughs) such an iconic character from like 1990s television. Um, But I think this is a really important thing to highlight because I try to speak about this from the perspective of obesity because I used to be morbidly obese. And I say, look, this is a condition that I managed for the rest of my life. This is not a happily ever after, but what we've been sold that the happily ever after that the 90 day fix that the 12 weeks or whatever. And it's like, no, we actually have to equip ourselves with tools and skills to navigate this for the rest of our life. And you've done exactly that. And you've listed off some of the tools that you use. And I think it'd be helpful you know, to, to share some practical takeaways. And of course, if people do want to know more, they can, you know, I put the link to the website in, in the description of the show notes here where they can find out more about this. Cause really we're just scratching the surface here, you know, but you know, you mentioned if someone says, look, I'm, I'm in a really tough place right now. I'm, I'm struggling and I don't know even where to turn, what to do. You know, are there some simple, almost like first aid steps that someone yes. can take for themselves and what might those be?
1: Number one, number one, you are not crazy you're not crazy. It's just, you need to learn how to take care of your brain health. Yeah, That's all. That's yeah. all. I have to say something right here. Yeah. I do some urgent care work mm-hmm. here in, in New Zealand. And there was this paranoid schizophrenic that came in yesterday. And he said, I just have, they've diagnosed me with paranoid schizophrenia and it's because of stuff that happened in my youth and nobody's taking care of that nobody's taking care of that i know that nobody's taking care of that in mm. the healthcare care system you know so know that you are not crazy you just have a brain health issue you can get help for that yeah number two is food is medicine or food is your poison mm. right jonathan hundred percent hundred percent And it's please, difficult because that poison
0: tastes so good it's engineered to taste good
1: you better believe it. You know, the scientists of the mm. crunch, how many crunches it takes yeah. to put your hand back into the bag of potato chips and get another crunch hit. I know yeah. Jonathan, you know, you, you used to be an <laughs> inorganic chemist. You get that. Yeah.
0: Industrial food chemistry. It's if people actually understood what takes place in these labs to engineer from the front of your tongue to the back of your tongue, the eating experience where you get a little bit of satisfaction here and then a craving here. Like, the, the millisecond by millisecond breakdown of food passing through your mouth, this is literally what's being engineered. It's like put a, put a chip in your mouth and hold it on your tongue and then notice like how it changes because it's not, it's not engineered to be eaten like that. And it actually, once you put, especially a Dorito because they're the most heavily, I think probably the most heavily flavored um, chips, put one on your tongue and let it sit there and let those flavors sit on your tongue and actually taste them. The reason it's flavored so strongly is because it's anticipated that you're just going to go one after another right down the hatch. So, you have to get a hit really quickly. But if you put on your tongue and taste it, you're like, whoa, this tastes weird. Like it tastes funky. Yeah. This, you know, it's yeah. way too much.
1: Somebody is in control of your health. Get mad. Get mad about that. Yeah. Get, say, really genuine. No, yeah, there is not going to be anybody in control of my health except you. You know, be in control mm-hmm. of that. I wanted to say, Dr. Lestick Are you familiar with Dr. Lestick? He's a pediatrician. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: sugar. Yeah, the bitter
1: truth. The bitter the truth. Bitter. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, he he did a re- he did a, a research project where he had uh, a rat in a cage, one with cocaine and sugar, and mm. the rat hit the lever eight times more often for the sugar than the cocaine. So sugar <laughs> is eight times more addictive than cocaine. So you just kind of realize that you are addicted to sugar and you're going to have to come off of it slowly. And it's not just sugar, it's trans fats. It's oh, it's a lot of stuff. So food sure. is your medicine or food is your poison.
0: Yeah. And, that, and that's a tricky one just because if we think about our palate, so when we eat an artificial flavor, I don't say that it's not like you're necessarily, you know, consuming carcinogenic quantities of something, but you're eating something that is not found in nature that alters your palate to the extent that, now an apple tastes like cardboard because your brain has to dial down the sensitivity of your tongue when you're eating extreme flavored things. So now whole food or healthy food does not taste flavorful, and it takes a couple of weeks to reset your palate taking a break from these things.
1: Very interesting. I didn't mm. know that.
0: But you can reset your palate. Yeah,
1: I know. Yeah, you can. Ref- you can reset.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: And so, then number so no- three. Yeah. Get your hormones checked. And so what, what does that
0: look like getting your hormones checked? Because so if you go to a horm- doctor, they're, they're just going to do it like sort of a standard blood chemistry assessment, but really what should people be looking for?
1: Well, if you can, if you can find a functional medicine doctor, that would be great. Cause they understand mm. the whole hormone thing. So vitamin D is key. Get your mm-hmm. vitamin D, uh, your thyroid, all of your thyroid tests, get your estrogen, progesterone, DHEA, pregnenolone, cortisol. Those are your hormones. Those are, I mean, there's a lot of hormones, but those are the basic ones. Get your hormones checked because if they're out of whack, they run your Mm -hmm. life.
0: Now, if someone, let's say someone doesn't have access to this kind of testing or maybe, maybe they're in the U S where it is legitimately outside of their sort of price range. So somebody might hear that and and feel, well, shoot, I really want to do that, but I, I can't afford it. I don't know how or whatever. Um, I I try to say to people, look, our body is a dynamic machine, in a sense, that it adapts to the inputs. And so maybe you can't get the exact data to calibrate things. but Maybe there's some steps that you can take that will still, your body will adapt and respond. So for example, with men, we have a crisis of testosterone. It's at the lowest it's ever been in, in recorded human history. And so we wonder why men are behaving poorly. It's like, it's not because there's too much testosterone, it's because there's an absolute like... Loss of testosterone amongst men, creating a lot of insecure men who are behaving very poorly to compensate. Um, but let's say sleep—that'll be you know one. What you eat will adjust it. How you nurture your mental health will adjust it. So there are steps that don't that don't necessarily cost anything. So that if something like this, you know, which is, which is maybe the gold standard, but if something like this isn't available, there are some steps you can take to still move things in the right direction. You just might not be able to get an actual number on it. And so I just wonder if you have in your, in your sort of back pocket some things that people can do, um, even if they can't necessarily uh, get to the exact testing they would like to get to. Uh, I'm
1: sorry. I, I'm, of the, of, I'm of the training test, don't guess. You know, right. you gotta, you gotta know the numbers. It's just going to have to be a priority. So you can just go to your doctor and, and they'll do the regular tests, you know, uh, right. get your so vitamin if you, D.
0: If you can, if you can convince the doctor to run these tests and it is covered by your medical, then you can maybe take those test results and potentially bring it to a functional medic, medicine doctor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: probably a, a good way to go with yeah.
1: that. See, because vitamin D affects 900 genes, and if you can just Mm -hmm. make sure that you've got your vitamin D, and you want the levels to be, and make sure you get the units right. You want your vitamin D levels to be between 60 and 80 nanograms per milliliter, Mm -hmm. 60 to 80 nanograms per milliliter, and uh, and then adjust the vitamin D levels, uh, adjust your vitamin D intake to that. It it can get a little scientific. Just that's why I always say test yeah. don't guess and right. then the last one the number four because you know some people can't do number three is have hope that you can learn the tools mm-hmm. to deal with anxiety and depression so that you're not a victim to this you can be the right. victor you can overcome this because you can you you don't have to be taking a little pill for the rest of your life mm-hmm
0: Yeah, and there's no shame in requiring that medication, but understand, like we touched on earlier, that medication can be used to buy you time and buy you space to do the work you need to do, um, so that 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 becomes the possibility to become off that medication. And you know, just lastly, I kind of think we we've basically conditioned people with sort of the medical model that we practice that uh, to to really not take care of our health and to wait for that safety net. And I think what you're trying to do is to inspire people to say, well, there is no safety net, and there is, you know. The only way that you get good health is that you make it your life's work. Essentially, you make it a priority.
1: You make it a priority. And when people tell me I don't have the time, I don't have the money. I I say this with my heart. You know, I'm like, you guys, I'm going to say something to you. But it's because I'm a mother and I'm a doctor and I love you. What you're really saying to me is you're not making yourself a priority. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, then who suffers? Not only you, but the rest of your family. When you yeah. don't take care of yourself, who's going to suffer?
0: Mm. So if you were to, uh, well, actually, well, before we get to final words of wisdom, we'll just get to where Where can people connect with you um, in case the people don't read the show notes?
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Um, they can, well, we've got a website with some freebies. Yep. Uh, and it's doctoronamission.com. doctor on O N A mission dot com. doctor on a mission and then i'm also on instagram with the handle at doctor on a mission
0: fantastic and
1: linkedin and, and all those goes. good things
0: and they, they can reach out to you and 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 uh do you offer some form of uh, consultation or initial call if they just want to hey look i just need some ideas i don't even know where to start
1: yes i love investing in people for mm-hmm. thirty minutes. It's a it's a it's an investment that I mm-hmm. do from my heart to people. There's no money involved where I sit and I listen and I see how I can serve them. Mm-hmm. And then if there's anything moving forward then we do that I can help them further. My husband and I have a freedom from anxiety and depression coaching.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'd love to know more of your husband's story as well. So I think I'm going to have to invite him to, to come on and share his side of the story. That's one of the things I actually want to do with, with this series. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure you might be able to twist his arm and tell him to, to come on. Um, oh, he'd love to.
1: He'd love to yeah. talk to you, Jonathan.
0: I would, I would absolutely love to share the other side of the story. I think that's actually what I'm doing with this upcoming podcast season here. So um, it's been such a pleasure. If you were to just um, offer people one one actual nugget to take away from this, to say, you know, here's here's one thing you can do right here, right now, Um, This piece of wisdom I'd like to share with you is
1: forgive yourself for wherever you are in your life. All the mistakes, all the silliness that you've gone through, all the ways you've tried to patch yourself up. Just forgive yourself. It's a new day. Start afresh.
0: That's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Isabel. It's been such a pleasure. And I look forward to when we talk again next.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. It's been a delight.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to Between the Before and After. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, subscribe, or leave a review, because that helps this podcast to reach and inspire more people. I love exploring the stories that take place between the before and after, the powerful experiences that shape who we become. And I love human potential. I love the possibilities that lie within us. So whatever you may be up against, I hope these stories inspire you, because if you're still here, your story's not done yet, So keep moving forward.
1: Anyone can come from any place of brokenness and destitution and build an amazing life.